This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Remain blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Ma, Pastor, for me. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you, Pastor, for the privilege to share God's word with us. Um, not taken for granted. Deeply appreciated and honored. Thank you, Pastor, too, for <laughs> setting me up. <laughs> uh, all right. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you this afternoon. We give you praise. Thank you because the unfolding of your word gives us light and understanding. So, Lord, we ask that as we fellowship um, in your word this afternoon, we ask that you will help us. We ask that uh, there will be an entrance, there will be an unveiling of your word for the purpose that Christ may increase in us in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so this afternoon we will be considering um, meditation, the art of meditation, and um, trust God that we will glean one or two things from, uh, from this. Uh, let's open our Bibles to Joshua. We'll read a couple of scriptures to help us set tone for what we want to look at. Um, Joshua chapter 1, popular scripture that we know. Joshua chapter 1. Oh, sorry. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. But I'll start the reading from verse 5. I'm not there yet. I'm still trying to. <laughs> All right, Joshua 1. Okay, let me start from verse 6. It says, Be strong and of good courage, for unto these people shall you divide an inheritance, the land, for an inheritance, the land, which I swear unto their father, give them. Verse 7, Only be thou strong and be very courageous, that thou mayest observe and do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded you. Turn not, turn not from it to the left, or to the, to the right, sorry, to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper with, with us wherever you go. Verse 8, which is our emphasis. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Amen. Um, Psalm chapter 1. We'll read a couple of more scriptures. Psalm one. I'm sure we know where I'm going to already, but Psalm chapter one. Psalm one. We'll read verse one to three. Psalm one from verse one to three. Are we there? Are we there? Can we raise our hands if you are there? All right. Good. It says, Blessed man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seats of the scornful, but is delight. Is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Verse 3 says, That man who meditates in God's law day and night, he shall be. So he's telling us that such a man, the future of that man is secure. That that man, when you see that man, he shall be. Telling us that if that man continues in that path of meditating or staying in God's word, all right, that man will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. Whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever it does shall prosper. Amen. So meditation, uh, as to set um, the foundation, is that 
Meditation is one of the ways by which we engage God's word. Amen. There are diverse ways in which we can engage the written word. Amen. And not just the written word, um, the prophetic word that comes to us via prophecy. You know, maybe someone comes who is a minister of the gospel, who stands you up and says, my brother or my sister, this one and that one, this is what the Lord is saying about you. And he's a genuine prophet, all right? A genuine minister of God. You know, like we say, like Pastor shared in the morning and yesterday, the word prophet that like we saw in uh, Matthew is not just prophet, but you know, I'm saying with regards to fivefold ministry or someone who is anointed of the Lord. So when that person stands you up and, or stands you up and says, sorry, my brother or my sister, this is what the Lord is saying and it's genuine, all right? Uh, it's worth giving time to meditating upon. Because it's a word from the Lord. It's not just written. It's the proceeding word of the Lord to you. Do we understand? Alright. So, you know, there are diverse ways by which we can engage scripture. So we can engage God's word by reading. Alright. We can engage God's word by reading. We can engage God's word by studying God's word. We can do it by meditation, which we, which we are considering already. Visualization. I will touch some of these. Definitely, I can't touch all these, but, you know. But I'm just, for our... We can go back home and study and, you know, do personal research on some of these things. So I said reading, studying, meditation, which we're considering, visualization, confession. That means confessing the word, contemplation, all right, contemplating the word, and also memorization. We can memorize the word. Amen. Amen. Are we there? Should I repeat it again? How many of us did not get everything? I'll read it again. It says we can read God's word. We can engage God's word by reading. By studying, by meditating, all right, by visualizing God's word, confessing, contemplating God's word, and also memorizing God's word. All right, so, all right, you know, because it's God's desire that we engage His word, you know, God's thoughts, God's, the way God thinks, the way, the manner in which God, uh, God what makes God God, God, the way God thinks, the way He you know, uh, he processes things, he's seen in God's word, all right? So words are a product of thoughts. Amen. Do we understand? Words, spoken words, all right? A product of thoughts. So there's a way God thinks, which also informs the way God speaks. Amen. So for us to be able to come into God's frequency, it is imperative that we not only read scriptures, because that is the lowest form, of interacting with God's word. Amen. Alright? It's the lowest form by which we can interact with God's word. Studying is not, you know, in the New Testament, actually, we see the word study maybe once or a few places. Actually, meditation is actually more encouraged. But we'll probably get that. So, so to lay some foundation, like Pastor shared in the first session, man is a spirit. Alright? He has a soul and he lives in the body. Now, just as you and I feed our bodies, you know, feed our bodies. We eat rice, eat, you know, all manner of good food, you know. Our spirits also need to be fed. You know, the reborn human spirit, I'm not, just talk, I'm not talking about the man who is not born again. I'm saying the reborn human spirit diet is God's word. And the reborn human spirit does not grow by reading alone. It grows by actively engaging God's word through meditation. Amen. Through meditation. So man is a spirit. You know, he has a soul, lives in a body. Now, the spirit of man, like Pastor Shedelia, is saved. The, the reborn, I'm saying the man who is born again now. 
that spirit is saved, but his soul is being saved. His soul needs to go through the process of you know, renewing, which we call the salvation of the soul. And like Pastor said, you know, the soul is, um, consists of the, of the intellect, the will, and the emotions. You know, so the emotions, uh, the emotions are tempered by the fruit of the Spirit. You know, the intellect uh, uh, is tempered by God's Word. You know, then the, the mind, the will, the will now, it's you know, tempered by when God's will, when we take on God's will, our, uh, like, what, let me put it this way. When our wills are submitted to the will of God. So all parts of the, of, the, of the soul of man, you know, are tempered by God's word, um, the will of God, and also the fruit of the spirit. You know? but, so now, like I said earlier, the renewing of the mind is a process. Now, at salvation, our spirits were saved instantly. with an instant walk. But the salvation of the soul is a journey. Amen. The salvation of the soul is a journey. It's important that we lay this foundation so that we can understand, like Pastor said earlier. You know, so the salvation of the soul is a journey. So we see in Romans 12, 2 saying that we are transformed by the renewing. That's present continuous. We did English in school. So we know it's present continuous. So it's not just a snapshot event like we saw in the spirit, in the salvation of the spirit. It's a continuous work. It's a present continuous work of the spirit in our soul. You know, so just as our spirits, are, our bodies are fed by natural food, the spirit can be weak and can also be strong. Paul told Timothy, say, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So it's possible that we can be weak in that grace and we can also be strong. You know, so it's important for us that we develop a strong spirit such that when God, when communication from heaven, you know, is coming to us, our spirits and our soul. Now, I'm not just talking about the spirit now. The two invisible parts of man, the spirit and the soul, are able to capture what God is saying accurately. Do we understand? You know, so in our world today, people pay more attention to, you know, to their bodies, which is not bad. You know, but that's the least. You know, you see people getting into shape. It's not bad. Fit farm things are good. But you know, how much more, how beautiful will it be if we focus on the development of the human spirit? And one of the ways by which we can do that is meditation on the word. Amen. You know, so that the life, what happens is this, the life in the spirit, like we said, the father in John 5 says, as the father had life in himself, so to the son to have life. So when we're born again, the life of God, you know, what makes God God? was deposited in our human spirits. Now, our soul has not yet partaken of that life. Fully. Do we understand? So that life is locked up in the spirit of man. God's desire is that the life in the spirit does not just stay resident or locked up in the spirit. It moves into the soul, reconfigures the soul, and also is released through the human body. Do we understand? That's God's desire. That the life in the spirit, you know, which is contacted through God's word, you know, is, you know, is released into our soul such that, you know, Zoe is not just something. I, I, for the lack of better words, Zoe is not just... Um, ah, let, me, let me use the word. Let me, let me use something just like a virus. 
that overruns this, that starts small in a system and overruns the whole system. If we allow Zoe to take over, you know, if we allow Zoe to, to if, if we release Zoe from our spirits, he has the capacity to overrun the soul and overrun the physical body. All right, so let's move on. All right, so, and meditation, like we know, is a law. It's one of the ways by which that life is released into our soul, such that, just like what we saw in Isaiah 55, that says, you know, as my, uh, um, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. That is really God's intention. God's intention is that his thoughts become our thoughts. His ways become our ways. And one of the ways by which we can take on God's thoughts, take on God's ways, because thoughts leads to ways. How a man thinks leads to how he acts, his manner of life. So there's a way God, there are things God will not do. Far be it from God to do wickedness. Because God does not think wickedness. God's thoughts are not wickedness. You know? So when we take on God's ways, God's thoughts first, eventually we come to begin to live God's ways. So God is saying, come unto my frequency. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. You know, so God is saying, come up to my frequency so that you can begin to think as I think and walk and live as I live. So that we can begin to have the days of heaven on earth. Amen. So that's God's intention. So, all right. So, like I said, meditation is a law. And like, you know, a law is an established principle. Irrespective of where you are, you are in Kafanchan, you are in Ibadan, you are in the UK, you are in UK. Whatever goes up, comes down. If I throw... Don't throw the mic up. If I throw my phone up, it will come down. Whether I'm in Abuja, or I'm in, <laughs> or I'm in US, or I'm in the UK, I'm in the Arctic Circle, where people don't live, it's a law. Meaning it's an established principle that if I operate it, it works anytime, anywhere, and it's no respecter of persons. So meditation is such a law that if we engage, and it's a spiritual law, that if we engage, we will see the, the, you know, the, the, the effects in our, in, our, in our lives. And you know, the, the end is that our soul is so renewed, or, or our, our soul is so transformed, that we are able to capture eternal realities. That is one of the things God wants to achieve by meditation. You know, so, but sadly, you know, today, believers, we have, not, we, have, we have relegated a lot of things to New Age and to Eastern practices. That meditation, ah, mba, not me, I'm not considering, ah, that thing is for, you know, all those monks that sat, sit and say, mm, for hours, such serious discipline, mm, and the guy is there for days, you know. The purpose of meditation, generally, whether um, biblical meditation now, or the other side, is to contact a transcendent realm. Do we understand? The intention is to contact a transcendent realm. So these monks and you know, people from other faiths or religions, as you would call it, know that meditation is a key to the spirit realm. So they actively engage it. But we who God gave that practice to have said, ah, I don't want, I don't want to get involved with things like this. So it's important for us to rediscover this art, this, you know, this art, A-R-T, you know, which God has given to us. Amen. You know, so we should pick this up. So, biblical meditation, like I said, is different from Eastern meditation. In Eastern meditation, you empty your mind. an emptying of the mind. Do we understand? But in biblical meditation, our minds are being filled with God's word. 
See the difference now? So in, in Eastern meditation, the guy, the guy sits, you know, cross his leg, is one of these Dalai Lama, he's there, he's like, mm. he's emptying his mind, allowing no thoughts, so that he can access, you know, spirits. But in biblical meditation, we are not doing that. We are opening up our minds, our hearts to God's word, filling up our, you know, our heart, our soul, our will, our intellect with God's word. Amen. Do we understand? All right, so, all right, so, and we see scripture, Isaac was found meditating on the field. So it's not something that, you know, is not given to Eastern practices. It's our thing. God gave it to us. And it's important that we understand this and engage. Like I said, the active word is engaging. Engaging. Amen. Say that after me. Say engaging. Engaging. All right. So it's important that we, you know, understand that. You know, and... Um, you know, because today our world is such a fast-paced world, nobody wants to slow down. We don't want to really slow down. And biblical meditation involves that we slow down. You know, like what the vice president said, Farabale. For those that don't understand Yoruba, I'm sorry. You know, the vice president was saying one day that Farabale. Farabale means calm down, as in calm down. We live in a world that is so fast-paced that everything, you know, Indomie, you want it to be done in 30 seconds. You know, you want to put something in the microwave and in one minute... So we are, uh, the, the age in which we live in is, is wired in such a way that it doesn't want to slow down, you know, and we, we, we withdraw or retract from things to just seek God and press into God. We want to seek God in one minute and God downloading the entire thing to us, but it doesn't work like that. You know, so it's, it's important that we learn to pull back, all right, and, you know, detach as it were, from the fast-pacedness of the world, of the system of the world today, so that we can actively engage scriptures. I'm still building, but all right, we're there. So in, Hebrew, in, 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 in Joshua, the word uh, meditate there, it means agar. In the Hebrew, it means agar. And agar means to moan, to growl, to utter to muse, to mutter, to meditate, to devise, to plot, to speak. I'll say it again. To moan, to growl, to utter, to muse, to mutter, to meditate. Again, it says that to devise, to plot, and to speak. So that means that, so when God was speaking to Joshua, this is God speaking to Joshua now and telling him that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate during day and night. We've before now thought that meditation involves a silent thinking upon God's word. Not entirely true. Not true. Alright, so meditation involves our mouth. It involves our mouth. Actively involves our mouth. You see, I used to say that if you can worry well and think well, <laughs> if, you are, if you somebody can worry, like, ah, have you worried to a point and you're worried like, and you find yourself talking, ah, that guy, if I catch him. Like, ah, when did I start talking? If you can do that well, you can meditate. <laughs> you can meditate. Do we understand? So people say, I can't meditate. No, you can't actually. Because in faculty involved in doing the worrying and the anxiousness. And, ah, that guy. And, ah, brother, are you okay? Well, ah, eh, I'm fine. But you didn't know that you started talking. Ah, that guy. I caught him. I was so deep with him. But you started talking. But you didn't know. You started thinking that eventually he ended up talking. Ah. So if we can do that, then we can actually meditate. Amen. Alright, so, now, meditation involves the process of 
There's a thinking part, there's a memorizing, progressively developing, yeah, but meditation is not a rush job. Amen. See, after meditation, it's not, not a rush job. Now, it's a process that leads to a product. Most, maybe some of us are, are working in an industry that is, you know, you have processing plants where, you know, there's, there are ingredients and there is a process and eventually you get a product. Now, meditation is not a rush job, but it's a process which, when applied, results in a product which is a transformed mind. You know, a transformed or a renewed mind which will believe God for the thing that he was previously incapable of believing God for. I'll say that again. Now, meditation is not a rush job, but it's a process which when patiently applied or, you know, engaged, results in a product which is a transformed or renewed mind able to believe, like I said earlier, or capture the eternal realities of God, you know, at a point where he was not able to believe a thing. Now, I'll, I'll share some examples now. So it's not, like Pastor said, it's not just thinking, it involves our mouth. Like in the Hebrew, it says there's the moaning, there's the growling, there's the uttering. It involves our mouth. It involves speaking. Alright? You know, so you wonder at times that, why is it that some people, they make declarations and it works. And some people make declarations and it seems like nothing happened. Meditation is actually part of the issue. You know, because, let me use a natural example. To take God's word in, you have to Alright? So the process is, let me, use, let me say, it's mechanical to electrical. Mechanical, mechanical in that you are first and foremost, like, like a gen, you are pulling it. Then it gets to a point, the dynamo takes over and it starts rolling. So also initially, when you, because the process, the, the, the end point is that you are trying to encounter light. The light of God's word needs to dawn on your heart, on your soul. You know, so initially there is the speaking Speaking, you're speaking God's word to yourself. Light has not come at the time. Light, you have not received light. You're still doing it mechanically. I'm the righteous of God in Christ. You're doing that. You're doing that consistently. He comes to a point when light dawns on your heart. That declaration back is not empty words. It's words full of life. Do we understand? So. See why some people make declarations and it looks like the thing is not working. And somebody makes declaration and you can sense life in that thing. Is, the gap is meditation. The guy took God, the, the man or the woman took God's word in his mouth, did it for days, weeks, kept saying it. Then he hits a gutter. Light breaks into his soul and he begins to see what he's saying. When he, repeats, when he gives voice to that word out of his heart, now his mouth heart then heart mouth. Mouth heart. You're taking it into your heart. Taking it into your, with your mouth into your heart. It's, maybe you are still you are doing it mechanically. Doing it, doing it. Then it hits a point. When the light breaks into, breaks into the heart. When it comes out of the heart through the mouth. It's not coming as empty words. It's coming with light. There's understanding. There's, there's revelation behind those words. Amen. Alright. So... In meditation, we are, we are speaking words, you know, and in, in the speaking of those words, it's not, the, the, the mouth is, is, is like the pen of a ready writer, writing upon the canvas of our heart. Do you understand? Writing upon our hearts, writing upon our hearts, you know, and in the mix, the Holy 
Ghost is involved. Alright, so now let me use Abraham as an example. I'm, I'm looking at the what's, why, and how of meditation. So, but looking at Abraham as an example. Now, God com- comes to Abraham in Genesis 15 and God says to him, um, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. And Abraham says, God, God is speaking at a frequency. God is saying, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Abraham is saying, God, let's look, let's look at scripture. I don't want to. I don't want to. All right. Verse 2, God says, that's Genesis 15. Lord God, what will you give me? Now, do you see the disparity in that discussion? God says, I am, not I will be, right? So God is speaking at a frequency to Abraham. Abraham is not catching God. God is saying, I am your shield. I am, not I will be. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Abraham says, what will you All right, what will you give me seeing I go challenge all that? God says, continue talking to Abraham. Abraham does not get it. God says, okay, let me take you out of the tent. And come and look at the stars. So God takes Abraham out. You know, and God picked, God's word paints pictures to Abraham. You know, Pastor was saying earlier in the first session about, was it yesterday, that we can turn the word into season movies. We probably might get that. I, I will try and touch that. So God comes to Abraham and says, I'm your shield and your And Abraham doesn't get it. So God takes Abraham and verse And he brought him abroad and said, look now towards heaven and tell the stars. If you be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall your seed be. And Abraham believed. So. It is not enough that we hear God's word. We must also see God's word. So in meditation, one of the things we do is this. Particularly if you are studying maybe narratives like Genesis, where you have stories and accounts. You can actively ask the Holy Spirit to, you know, you can paint, God you to help paint the pictures of what you are reading upon your imagination to begin to see what you are reading. Now, it is not enough that you are reading. Now, what are pictures? If I say black dog, you don't see the word black dog. You see pictures. You see a dog that is black. So, naturally, as spirits, we are wired to see. So, one of the ways by which God communicates with us as believers is that God paints pictures. So, Abakuk will say that I will watch to see what he will say. I will not only watch to hear, I will watch to see. So, in, as we engage God's word, whether you're reading Genesis or maybe the, the Gospels, we are not just reading, you know, an account that happened in the past. You are actively engaging the scriptures in turning God's word to pictures by the help of the Holy Spirit so that words are not just letters. The Holy Spirit can turn those words into pictures upon our minds and we are able to see that event. I'll probably share an example in scripture also as, as we go. You know, so the reason why Abraham was not was able to see what God was saying was because God's word was not only heard, God's word was seen. I'm not saying an open vision now, I'm saying upon the canvas of Abraham's mind, Abraham's heart, the picture of what God said was formed upon Abraham's soul. Abraham was beginning to see what God was saying. He could look at the stars. He could begin to see that, okay, okay, began to, the word began to become real, you know, to Abraham. And the end of meditation is that we are able to encounter God. It's not so that we have a set of facts you know, in our heads, 
but that we are able to encounter the Lord. The end of every engagement of scripture, Jesus said, you search scripture because you think you have eternal life, but these are they which testify of me, and you will not come to me that you may have life, right? That you will not come to me. So that means that the word, the written word, is a doorway that leads us to the living word. The written word is the doorway that opens us up to encounter him who is the living word. In we are able to encounter the Lord. The end of every engagement of scripture is to see him, is to know him, is to be changed into his image. Alright, so, alright, so, now for Abraham, Abraham does that. So, part of the reason why Abraham came to a place of full persuasion in Romans 4 was this. When God came to Abraham and said that, um, I'm making you great and all that, and look at the stars and all that stuff. You know, in Romans 4, Romans 4 begins, let's look at Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Paul paints that picture pretty well to us. Romans chapter 4. Okay, verse, okay, let me start from verse 17. It says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed. Even God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Verse 18, verse 18 says, against hope believed in I become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. Verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead and which, sorry, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded. So meditation actually brings us to a place of full persuasion. Like I said, it's a journey. Abraham did not start out as a man who, who completely believed God. There were doubts. But when God's word came to him, Abraham meditating on that word, giving voice to what God had said, Abraham began a journey of full persuasion through meditation so it means that if one can be fully persuaded one can be maybe partly persuaded about a thing so abraham came to a place where in his mind in his heart he could not see impossibility he said this thing will come to pass it, there was no, he didn't see impossibilities at the word that god had spoken to him he came to that point but initially he was not like that in Genesis 15. He was not like that. Do we understand? So we can see that meditation helps us as we engage. Now we'll go to the how. Don't worry, we'll get there. It shows us that we could have once been someone who was, who, who was doubtful at certain things. They tell you that an amputated leg can grow out. <laughs> amputated leg. I don't believe that. It cannot, it cannot happen. That you can journey from that place to a place where you are fully persuaded that that can happen. Meditation is part of the keys that brings us to that place. Amen. Where we are fully, that means 100, 100, 100% persuaded. So, all right. So, that being said. All right. So, now, how do we then engage God's word? Now, I know that there are times that we have... Um, Maybe a Bible plan of maybe I want to read 10, 10 chapters per day. All right? You know, so, and that is not bad. But meditation, like I said, is not just reading. It's a closer 
deeper engagement with God's word. You know, and one of the things you must understand in meditation is the power of slowing down to read a verse or a passage over and over again. Like I said, we live in a fast-paced world where everything is fast. You want to read quickly, quickly, quickly. But we cannot get much. We can't get, actually, we can't get much from God's word if all we do is reading. You know, so in meditation, what we do is we're slowing down. We're slowing down to read the verse over and over again. Why? Because you and I have been familiar with the verse. Meditation helps us to break familiarity, over familiarity with scriptures. Now, you are in a place where you've read John 3.16. Let's say, for example, maybe you read John, maybe Matthew. Let's say John 3.16. Popular verse. You've read it over and over. You know, I'm like, okay. God so Lord, I've read it as I know it. So in meditation, this is the how now. One of the things we do is you slow down. You are slowing down over that passage of scripture and you are reading it, that verse, over and over again. You have read it before, yes. You read it over and over again. Paul said, for me to say these things to you is not grievous. So repetition is important. Repetition is not bad. It's a good thing. So you are going back over. You have read it before. Yes. But in going back to it in repetition, you are breaking the over-familiarity of the scripture. Now, I have not put away the Holy Ghost in meditation. The Holy Ghost is in all these mix now. Do we understand? Yeah. So in meditation, we are... As we stay on that passage of scripture, maybe you're reading a maybe you're reading John three, and somewhere in your heart, as you're reading, you feel like a a, a beep on verse sixteen, which is for God so loved the world. You've read that passage, you go back to that part, that pass, that passage again, that part, verse sixteen, where you you stay on it, you stay on it over and over. You read it out to yourself. For God so loved the world. You're reading it over, over and over again. You're doing that over and over again. You're doing that over and you're slowly repeating it to yourself. Like we said, meditation involves our mouth. It's not just the silent thinking upon God's word. It involves we giving voice to what God to, to the scriptures. In doing that over and over again, you know, the the veil of familiarity over that passage of scripture begins to break. Now it may take days, it may take weeks. Because you are not just doing this because we are, we are, the, like I said, the end is that we, are, we want to encounter God. The end is I want to encounter the Lord. So it's not a rush, like we said, it's not a rush job. It's not in Domini instant noodles. We are waiting until light breaks out. Amen. You know, so we're repeating that verse over and over. We're speaking it out over ourselves. We're, we're asking questions from the Holy Spirit. We're asking questions. We're asking questions. We're not just saying, I've read it before. So meditation helps us to break, like I said, breaks the, you know, the familiarity. It creates a level of vulnerability with that scripture. The passage you've been reading over and over again, you feel like, God, maybe God has spoken maybe several times over that passage. In slowing down and repeatedly reading that scripture over and over again, it helps to break that familiarity with that passage. And it takes patience. It takes persistence. It takes, you know, it takes patience, it takes persistence and perseverance to be able to receive light from God's word. 
You know, so as we do that, we're speaking that scripture, we're declaring it over ourselves, we're you're making confessions for God so loved the world. For God so, at times you're doing it silently, yeah, for God so loved the world. You're doing that. You're, you're giving voice to it. You're giving voice to it. As we do that consistently, as we do that consistently, it will come to a point, now I can't say, now there's no textbook manual that says, okay, after you do this for three days, on the fourth day, light will break out. <laughs> there's no textbook that says that. But as we actively pursue and engage the scriptures, as we stay there doing that, you know, now God will begin to open up, God begins to take the veil over that familiarity that we have, and God begins to bring light, we begin to have freshness over that passage of scripture we have read over and over again. Now, the end of that, like I said, is not so that we have a bunch of information in our heads. It's that our hearts are transformed. Don't forget, God's thoughts becomes our thoughts. Eventually, God's ways become our ways. So meditation helps to bridge that gap. So we take on God's word. You know, so you can, have ten, you can read ten, ten, passages, 10 chapters in a day. It's not bad. But in meditation, you, cannot do, you, cannot, you may not be able to meditate on 10 chapters in a day. In your reading, check for the emphasis of the Holy Spirit in what you're reading. Do you understand? Check for the emphasis in what you're reading. If you sense the emphasis, you know, that is a certain place you can light on and wait. You know, in Genesis 20, Scripture says that um, um, Jacob came to a certain place and lighted there all night at an encounter. In principle, in reading, if you're reading and you sense, like, like, like you sense, the, the beep of the Holy Spirit on that place. Stay there. Stay, as in, stay there. L- certain place. I light there until light breaks out. Do not leave. Because your en- the end of your engagement, like I said, let's not forget this. It's not that we want to finish the Bible in one year. That is a worthy goal. But life is what we are trying to extract from God's word. Jesus said the word I speak to you are spirit and their life. If you don't turn aside to see there will be no encounter. So you just read and you felt, you felt a beep in that place and you continue reading. You've missed an encounter. So slow down. Light upon a certain place. Stay there. However long it takes for light to break forth. Now you can still be reading your 10 chapters the following day. But you still sense the drawing of the Holy Ghost in that place. Stay there. Continue your reading. Stay there. Until light breaks forth. We have missed God encounters because we have chosen to follow a routine. I want to read 10 chapters. I must read 10 chapters, which is not bad. But if the, if the end of our engaging scriptures is that we encounter the Lord, we must learn to wait. And we are not our own on his terms until, it, until light breaks forth, you know, unto us. You know, so as we read, as we you know, as we uh, as we do this, if a phrase as you're reading reading maybe a particular chapter a phrase jumps out at you a phrase or a word jumps out at you stay there stay 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 our generation likes to jump around we don't want to and that's why we are not thick most of the fathers and the mothers of faith we see today in the earth in our nation they don't quit meditation they don't joke with meditation it's one of it daily it's an art they do it daily all right so when you sense when you do that repeatedly and you sense God beeping like the green light is on something, stay there. Stay. Stay there. It may take days. 
it may take weeks, however long it takes, stay because in the end, light will break out. Amen. Light will break out. Now, let me. So, in visualizing the text, now, and this is why, you know, because we are prophetic people, all right, it's important for us to know this that as a prophetic people, meditation is important. And Pastor has shared it with us. In increasing the seer anointing also, there are portions of scripture you meditate on. There are books. You meditate on Ezekiel. Meditate on the book of Revelation. It helps. In meditating on those books, do it for a month. Just do it for a month. Do it. Maybe pick chapter 1 of Ezekiel and meditate on it. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. Okay. In my 30th year, in the 40th of the months of King Joachim, of this, I've read it over so I know I can. So, I, so you know, I was among the captives by the river Keba, and uh, and suddenly there was a windstorm from the north, and all that, and the fire unfolding itself, and all that, and suddenly, but so all that. So, in doing that, as you do that, reading that scripture, declaring it, speaking it to yourself, speaking it to yourself over and over, one of the things that happens. Is that it helps you? It increases the ability to see in the spirit. Also increases. All right. So that being said, so Psalm. Let me give. Let me give a, a, maybe an example of this. Psalm 114. Let's open to Psalm 114. Has this made sense? Seriously, please. Has, I hope you have made. Psalm 114. Psalm 114. I'll, I'll, I'll read it out to us. It says, When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah was the sanctuary and Israel was his dominion. The sea saw it and fled. Jordan was driven back. The mountains skipped like rams and the little hills like lambs. What hail thee, O thou sea, that thou fledest, and thou Jordan, you were driven back? You mountains that you skipped like rams. And you little hills like lambs. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, which turns the rock into a standing water and flint into fountains of water. Now, we know that history was written, you know, the account of what happened at the, at, at the Exodus when Israel left Egypt was written and it was passed down from generation to generation that fathers told their children what God did how God rescued them at the Red Sea. Now, we see David's account here in Psalm 114. And there are details in Psalm 114 here that were not written in the accounts in Exodus. So what happened? David probably, let me, in a safe space, let me say probably, but I believe David visualized that scene. In reading that Exodus account, one of the things by which we engage scripture, like I said, is visualization. In meditation, we visualize God's word. Turn God's word into pictures. Pictures. You put yourself into the story. Jesus working with the disciples, discussing. You put yourself there. You get, you know. And that, is a, that, is, that involves the imagination. You know. Ah. As we do that consistently, you know, it, it can come to a It will come to a It can come to, let me say, no, it will, it's not a lot. It can come to a point. God can take you to the site of that event. And you see things that were not captured by the text. He helps you to properly understand that passage of scripture better. So David is saying here that the little he skipped 
So David is seeing behind the scenes. He's seeing the spiritual atmosphere, seeing what happened in, some, in Exodus, which was not recorded by Moses. Or whoever wrote, uh, Moses wrote the book of Exodus. I'm sure we know that. How did David see those details that were not captured? Mountains keeping like rounds. How, I'm sorry, that was not recorded in Exodus 14. Do we understand what I'm saying? So, David, most, not most likely, actually, was taken behind the scenes in meditating on that passage, was able to see what happened. And that cannot happen if you're not visualizing, meditating on scripture, on God's word. Do we understand? Pastor shared with us an example. I'm not sure I have liberty to share that. Stephen. The Stephen account. Okay, sir. <laughs> you know, Pastor was sharing with us one day and he said in, God took him to the site where Stephen was stoned. Those things are not, ah, for some class of people, hey, that one is for some. No. If we actively engage God's word, that encounter will mark you for life. Pastor said in that encounter, he saw, you know, how Stephen was being stoned by an angry mob. You know, an angry mob is not somebody that is doing stoning you like this. An angry mob. They are furious. They are gnashing their teeth in anger and throwing stones. And in the midst of that, Stephen is saying, Father, forgive them. When you come back to the text, when we come out of that encounter and you come back to the text, you have a deeper appreciation of that text because you've seen God has, God has by his mercy, taken you into that event. And you know, past, present, and future, God, there's no past, present, and future before God. Do we understand? So what is recorded by the help of the Holy Ghost, Moses that was not in Genesis, was taken into before the beginning and could write about Abraham that he did not meet physically. So these things are not, it's not, it's not um, mystical. It's not, again, these are things that, you know, you know, so if that can happen, when that happens to you, something changes inside you. Something, your soul is configured in a way. You can't, if, if, Pastor says, if, 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 <laughs> If Stephen has some of our churches today and he had the kind of prayer that we are praying, I'm telling people to say some things, fall down and die. Now, I'm, I, I'm not critical. Hear my heart. Stephen will be like, hi, they have not stoned you now. Angry mob has not stoned you. You will understand the love of God from a, from a deeper perspective, not theoretical. So, our engaging scriptures, like I said, is supposed to bring us to a place of experiencing the Lord. Where at the end, at, when we encounter the Lord, we are more like Him. So today, today, and so as we engage scriptures, as we stay in God's Word, as we read, yes, read. But when you sense a beep of the Holy Ghost on a passage, on a, or, in, or it may be a chapter, maybe a verse, stay there, stay there, develop staying capacity. Until don't sit down and say I've stayed there three weeks. I beg, I can't. Let me continue my routine of reading. You may have, like Moses, missed an encounter because Moses had probably had been seeing that burning bush. But today he said, Let me turn aside to see. God said, Ah, okay, Moses, oh, yeah, come. But if we do not learn to turn aside to see, we have missed diverse God encounters from scriptures, which is actually the more common. If you're expecting maybe an angel to appear to you 
Yeah, that, that, that may happen, but that is not. But engaging scriptures consistently brings you, there is there is an abundance of encounters with the Lord as we engage scriptures. And you cannot, we cannot navigate the spiritual realm accurately if we are not grounded in scriptures. Because spiritual realm is a very vast place. So our 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 de- developing a discipline of meditating in scriptures. David who said, your word, how I love your law. He's such a man that can tell you that the mountain skipped. Because, he was, because in that meditation, he came into God's encounters. He came into God's encounters. And David was a solid man. So, meditation is a practice that we must engage in daily, daily. And in that, our spirits are being fed. Our souls take on the life of God. We can believe God for the impossible. If God says that, you know, if God says, like, like Pastor was saying, the man who had an appetite, and God says, um, that man is going to walk. New legs will come out. You don't, you don't disbelieve because in your framework, there is no unbelief in that framework because you've meditated on God's word. You've taken on God's thoughts. And in God, there is no impossibility. There's no, God doesn't see impossible. Do we understand? I want us to rise to our feet and pray and talk to the Lord this afternoon and make a commitment to the Lord. Make a commitment to the Lord. The end, like I said, is that we, we encounter the Lord and the scriptures are a valid place for us to encounter the Lord through his word. The words are just like what I speak to you are spirit and they are life. As we meditate on God's word, the word breaks open. The life, the spirit content enters into us. Ezekiel said, you know, the spirit entered into me and I stood upon my feet. In meditation, we can encounter that. In meditation, we are eating God's word. And the reason why many people cannot declare God's word, speak with boldness, is because we have not eaten the word. Like John, we must learn to eat the little book. Meditation is the reason why you can prophesy. You know, one of the reasons why... You don't have to be a prophet. That we can we cannot that dimension of spirit. You know, God told God told him, He said, Eat the little book. And after that, I said, Prophesy unto. You know, so when we eat the little book in 66 books, when we eat it, I'm saying eat like, like a ruminant animal that has four stomach compartments. The Amazon, the Abomazon, the Reticulum, and the you know, and we do that, it becomes part of us. We respond as in we are not thinking to respond. Our natural response we will observe to do. Do we understand? I was beginning to pray and talk to the Lord this, this afternoon that Lord, you will help us by your mercies. You will help us. We make a commitment as a people to engage your word in meditation. We will love your law. It will be our meditation all the day. In the name of Jesus. Patient words ever true changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Ancient words ever true. Changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words 
Father, we thank you for this teaching. We ask that we become what we have had. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can we celebrate this? Let's just celebrate him. All right. So let's have a seat. So he's not for me, but me. Sometimes I'll just push him to share like that. He doesn't he didn't want to share. But are you blessed? Uh, so that's very powerful. I want to just to what he has said. And I was, but at the time is far spent. I want us to do a practical, but time is far spent. <laughs> okay, so, um, you know, then engaging the scriptures. Most people don't know about engaging the scriptures. And they mentioned about eight expressions of engaging the scriptures. You read the word of God. Not talk about to read Matthew to Revelation. You read Genesis to Revelation. It's a way of engaging the scriptures. When you are reading, you are engaging the scriptures. There are nine ways to engage the scriptures. You mentioned like seven of them, which is good. So you read the scriptures. Tell you what, I must read the scripture for myself. Okay, tell your neighbor instruct him. Read the scripture for yourself. Now, it's not to impress anybody. It's for your personal nourishing. And that is to affect your spirit. Number two is that you are supposed to study the scriptures. Studying is not the same thing as reading. But we are not looking at that. So I've thought it before. I'm not sure that there is a message in church. So the study is different. You are reading, can you your Bible alone? If you are studying, you get materials. There are materials for studying. Dictionaries, concordance, maps. You know, go and look at the distance of Elijah's running when that God came upon him. That scripture will come alive more to you. They're just reading it. But you see the number of miles you ran. And then you it go limiter. Just <laughs> you will know that ah, what happened they beat me through. And also studying the scripture. So they will study the word of God. When we read the scriptures, we study the scriptures. No, don't forget that. It's very, very important. Now, there is writing the scriptures. The kings are taught to write out the word of God. You write the scriptures. You are a king. I thought a priest. Oh, you are supposed to write out the scripture for yourself. There's be a note just for writing the scriptures. And what I do is that I buy these um, people that I used to print. So I want to really eat the word. Write it out. But you are writing. Something leaps. <laughs> that thing that you don't see until you start writing. I'm telling you the truth. So when I see those things, I put them in capital letter. <laughs> put them in capital letter. So writing the scripture. And then, for example now, what he said now, it, it also covered that, ah, uh, ah, uh, my mouth before meditation. That, is, that means that what we have been doing is meditation. Your job is thinking silently. <laughs> you get the point? Because that scripture, your mouth is involved. So it means that we have to do what? We have been thinking silently, we are not meditating. Or we are having incomplete meditation. <laughs> so you write the scripture. Tell your neighbor, you read the scriptures, study the scriptures, you write the scriptures. Now, you are to confess the scripture. It's different. You have to do what? You have to confess the scriptures. So, and that leads to the next one, which is memorizing the scripture. You read the scripture, you study the scripture, you write the scriptures, you confess it, you do what? Memorize it. You do what? 
it's very important to learn to memorize the scriptures. You know, just stop portions. You're not doing it to come and quote. <laughs> that will be your spirit. You know, you set your spirit. You confess the word. When you say confess it, you are speaking it out aloud to yourself. Even you are reading, you read that out loud. But that confession, you are repeating out loud to yourself. Are we together? Then when you do that, you move to another dimension, which is actually contemplating the scripture. Now, contemplating is a form of prayer. Now, contemplating means that looking at it, you are picturing it hmm, for a long time in a manner that you are asking questions. So it's a kind of inquiry. Hello. Someone tells you that 70 people went from with Jacob, you know, into Egypt. Another account tells you that 75 people. What is the difference? You start to look at that, contemplating on those scriptures. You will see the difference. Are you with me? It is the contemplation that you discover that David was born when Saul was 30 years as a king. So all the time that they are giving the prophecy, that neighbor has not been created. Meaning that if Saul did not fail, we don't need David. You don't get it. You know, we accuse Saul. The replacement had to be created. Are you with me at all? David was born. No, David was born the 10th year of Saul's rule, not, not the 10th not the year. If you just told you, if you, if you, if you contemplate that answer questions, you'll find out. It is a picture that made me realize that, you know, we used to say, they taught us that Samuel replaced Eli. It's not really true. It's not really true. It's not completely true. You can't do your study. That kind of answer cannot come without. But that answer itself, before I saw the scripture, I got the answer contemplating and then praying. But that, that's what it's praying. Answer, God asked me the question back. So I said, I don't know. <laughs> so God told me that it is that dog that replaced the Eli priesthood. Okay, I will say it in the word. Is there the scripture? I can show you first scripture too. Go and read it. You will see there that God replaced the last person who was in the that's Abiata. Abiata is from the lineage of Eli. When God removed him from the priesthood, he said he was replaced by that dog. But the word of God concerning the house of Eli can come to pass. So after that, I believe that when the Holy Ghost speaks to me, it should be to win the word. They want to confirm the spirit because if I saw that scripture, I heard clearly. I can see myself where I was praying by room, D block, independent 1996. Glory to Jesus. <laughs> I can see myself where I'm praying. Okay. I won't tell you where I was dressed. <laughs> so confess the word, contemplate the word. It's like your question. People don't ask questions. You read something you don't understand. You're not asking the Holy Ghost question. That's why I say that a lot of people have a relationship with him. Because if you have a relationship with him, that means read to you. If you have a relationship with me now, you have a question. Okay, somebody was asking me something yesterday. I said, send it to me, time. I will pray about it and give you a reply later. Because we, that means I replied him. The Holy Ghost will reply you. Some of them even wait for the answer. <laughs> I've asked question. There was something that the Holy Ghost taught me in 1995. I was excited. I questions. They now taught me the full thing two years after. So I preached that message powerfully. It was up of the old message. So as I'm sharing, I will say, okay, based on the light I have presently, I'd like to be in a safe place. Can we further light? I'll get that. 
I won't say if I've not experienced for that light. You're not with me. So I will tell you, okay, these are the ways that this move, based on what I have as light presently. I can show you that there are other ways that you don't know. Are you with me? That's why if you really study God's word or if you engage God, you will become humble by force. Right now, you think that you have seen, and then God shows you, but if God wants to really humble you, He will not even show you directly. He will send somebody to you. The person will start from where your own light finish. <laughs> so, when and you know that this is true, huh? God is God, a man is man. So, contemplation, how I many is that? We read, we study, we write, we confess, we memorize. Right? Contemplate is what? Sixth one. So, contemplate is a form of praying. Like David and call of the Lord. Shall I, you know, so you are questioned. There are things that, you know, they look, they look, they look to, they look that they are, they look like they are conflicting scriptures. And then, contemplate on them generally. Then, or maybe something that that ah, ah, why should it be this way? And Holy Ghost, why is it this way? And then the Holy Ghost will show you from God's word why it is. And then you the scriptures. You do what? That's number what? Alright, you pray scriptures. Um okay. You are supposed to also actually visualize. That was different. Now visualize is you are reading a word, you put it to become a mental picture. Do you get my point? So when you heard the other time, God said to Abraham to come out of his tent. He went out. So you picture Abraham coming out of a tent. Are we together? Then look to the sky. Then you two, you look to the sky. Then God said you should count. If you didn't try to count, you don't know that it's difficult to count. So you try to count, it's not able to count very well. God says, okay, no, you cannot number these guys. The same way your sense cannot be numbered. Do you get it? So that is visualizing. Now, meditation is the last one. In my practice, I discovered all the eight is equal to meditation. When you're meditating, you will read. When you're meditating, you get to a point you will write. When you're meditating, you will get to a point you will study. You go and check something. You don't to study. In the process, what you're saying, uh, you speak to yourself, you're confessing actually. That's actually the That's Romans 10 process of confessing the word actually. Then you turn to picture somewhere. You contemplate somewhere, ask a question somewhere. Come together. You pray somewhere. Holy Ghost. Eh? You just shaka, shaka, shaka. When you like to eat you at times, I don't know if I've shattered before your room with scripture. And then you find out where I close you know. <laughs> oh, see, there was a time. Eh? I shouted. I saw somebody, I shout again. <laughs> and then I shout again. Because I was excited. It was only to be, I cannot even I don't even have a word to communicate yet what I was shouting about. I went together. So in my personal work with God, I've discovered that those eight is equal to meditation. Think of this way explaining you moan, you groan. Because what is the device? That device is imagination, which is the visualization. Are we together? That device, you plot. Are we together? So it, it, it is actually imagination, part of visualization. So I can tell you from practice, and from practice, that the eight is equal to what? Meditation. So that's what Shabbat share with us. Let's celebrate him again. That was a good job. God bless you.
Yes, you don't. Ah, maybe not have songs that will di- that will disappoint you. I'll be like, what is the other one been doing? <laughs> it's not disappointing me. I'm telling you the truth. That was good. So God will help us in Jesus' name. The other one I want to highlight on is in adding to what he has said. That means he said meditation. I'm quoting him. Meditation is a process that is a product. Now, what is the product? The product is not just transformed mind. The product is first a transformed soul. The transformed soul is the key to the transformed you through your body. You get that? The word for salvation of your spirit is translation. You are translated from the realm of darkness, the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of his dear son. It says translated. That means you change location. I went together from a new spirit. I went together. But then the word for salvation of the soul is transformation and is ongoing. The word for salvation of the body in scripture is that there will be the redemption of our body. That means that a time is coming, there will be a change where your body will not die. This body is subject to death through aging. Aging is part of the reward or wages of sin. Man was not meant to age in his body. Are we together? Aging is decay. That's when you have wrinkles. The bride is not meant to have wrinkles that will be presented to him. We will ask for wrinkles. That's the bride that has overcome aging. That has defeated death. Death will be swallowed up in victory. How you believe it or not? It's scripture. I'm not teaching again on that line because why? Let's even face the number one. We've not raised the dead. We've not healed the sick. We've not lived in love with ourselves. Let's live, let's live mortality alone. How do we do those ones? Mortality shall come. Uh, let's just live mortality teaching alone. Amen. Uh-huh. You know, defeated death now before Jesus came. How? To work with God or broken fellowship of three, six, five years. Not days, though. You know, three, six, five days makes one year. You know, did that for three hundred sixty-five what? Yes. Or oh, about three hundred years, rather. Sixty-five, then you work with God. So for three hundred years. That's that was powerful. So it means that when your soul is transformed, your mind is transformed, it affects your emotion and your will. So it affects the things that you do. You don't have a board that will have written something so to secretly on the board. But do you get that? Exactly to us. So let me just hold the rest and keep them in my pocket. Let's now go to the practical. John, okay, for the practical, Psalm 119, verse 130. They will do the practical. Before Psalm 119, verse 130, okay, let's also go down Psalm 119, verse 130. They'll come up to Joshua 1 8. They'll then go to the practical and they'll pause. Psalm 113. So you add it to your note, because. Just for me to take it next time. If you take it next time, you don't add it to it. I know you're a good student. Good student. Not but be a good student. In the name of Jesus. Did you get my point? Yeah, it's all right. I'm small. You did a good job, oh. I was glad. I feel like buying ice cream for you, but drinking it myself. <laughs> so, you shall drink ice cream, don't worry. When we get out, I shall give you ice cream. If you don't want it, fine. I will take it. All right. He said, the entrance. Of thy word. <laughs> you know when you feel like that, you are thinking entrance 
That means it's not the time that you are reading that it enters. Because if it enters, you say they will be like. Eh? What gives light to our soul? That means there will be revelation. So anytime there's an entrance of God's word, what happens to us? There's light. Because that means light shines on an area of our life. So if we are not having light on it, word has not entered. And the is the word entering. <laughs> it's to enter our soul. The entrance of your word gives light. And then what happens? Um, it's understanding to the simple. Do we get that? Now look at Joshua 1 8. That we read. This book of the law cannot depart out of their mouth. How? What does that mean? Let's talk. What does that mean? Huh? So, before you say it, you must have read it. Or somebody must have quoted it to you. Abi, now? So, you have to keep saying it. Abi? But I said, but thou shalt meditate in it. He said, day and night. If it's day and night, you must have studied or memorized it. Because you cannot be carrying the Bible everywhere. If you are taking a bath, will you be carrying the Bible there? No. I want to get And I thought that some revelation come in the bedroom. Ah! That before. They just go to the room. And then you want to quickly leave the bedroom and go to the Bible. Aha. He said that you may need day and night. And I said, that you may observe to do. Which means that if you meditate day and night, if you don't pass your mouth, meditate day and night, you will be able to observe to do. Hello? That do is conduct. So if meditation is not affecting your conduct, you're not meditating. His thoughts leads to his ways. Ways is speaking about conduct. Am I talking to us? Thought is that our heart, our soul is restructured or reconfigured, recalibrated. Are we together? So, meditation produces a transformed soul that leads to a transformed lifestyle. Are we together? That means that our thought is transformed, our emotion is transformed, our will is transformed. The direction of our life. Meditation will alter the direction of our life. That's the point. Are we together? So, he said that we have to do according to all that is written. So, we have to have, we already have a base to start. We start with what? The written word. We start with what? Not even prophetic words spoken to us. Are you with me? We start with what? The written word. If you are good with the written word, the prophetic word that is spoken, composite word will be easier. In fact, we will start coming to proceeding word as we start with the written word. Am I speaking to us? So, that is written, he said, Daring, or, Then thou shalt make thy way. Ooh. Because you are a changed person, you are involved, you are involved, the process of your, of your soul sex is not just sovereign, you are responsible. So, at times, you are the entrance to good soul sex. And I'm very serious. Do you get this point? Your way, you will make your way. That means that God has done his part in a sense. Meditation allows you to be able to partner with what God is doing. And then you make your way what? Let me give you an example. God wants to stay energy of the spirit. Always comes into my spirit. By meditation, it permits my soul. 
I can be released through my body. So, let's say in the anointing, for example, calm your spirit. Temptation is able to enter your soul. And then you can feel it as it in your hand, in your body, to be released. Now, let's say God wants to take you to that dimension. And then God just began to give you a body for Down syndrome children. God says, that's so and so. Every Wednesday, spend an hour just putting tongues, and your focus is Down syndrome children. And then God makes it that you wake you up by 12 a.m. in the morning. Then you sleep, God wakes you up to pray. You started actively. The other four weeks, you have not seen any change or anything. You are wondering, what am I even doing? Dancing on children. There's no dancing children in my family. God is taking you on a journey that will lead you to have a power and authority in that area. And that journey may take you three years. You are just in the first four weeks. That's believers for you. So, the guy prayed for always, slept. There's no waking up again. The God comes in the fifth week. You first somebody tap your leg. You wake up. Something like that. Ah, I'm tired. You are not taking God serious. Then God comes again like that, like that. You are not yielding. Then you are just sleeping. You don't wake up again that time again. You are just sleeping. Then God looks for another of your neighbor, another person, and starts with that person. That person began to respond. That person prayed the first month, the second month, prayed like that six months, prayed like that seven months, eight months, just faithful. And they prayed one year. And then in the 18th month, the person is praying. The person has to have a dream in herself. Dream now. And after you are praying, you go to sleep. You start seeing herself playing us on dancing dumb people. They are getting healed. I get the point. Because that person the picture that you are the answer to this prayer. Eh? Don't expect the answer to come somewhere. You are the answer to what? This prayer. The person has not been people that have danced dumb before. All of a sudden, the person went to one place to eat. They see this one person. Because the person has been having that dream. Compassion wells up. I pray and they can walk. I pray my dream. Oh. Then, just begin to realize that one day this dream can become to pass. There is no body. Now, with fresh body, he is now no longer praying for one hour. He's praying for by himself. Are we together? I'm telling you something that can happen practically. And then, one day, the person is in a clear vision, not just a dream. And that clear vision, possibly maybe in the third year, is clear. God said to him that I give authority in that area. And then God said that. And so sometimes you see so, so, so person, just pray. When that person sees that person, he's sure there have been dealings. That people like that will say, okay, is everybody have so, so, so there? Come on, let me pray for you. They are sure. Because of dealing, they person lay hands, that one gets ill. Bam! Less from that, go back again and fire. I won't do three hours again, I will do five. <laughs> then that will lead to other kind of healing. Cancer, the rest will have come. So many are bought God's process because they won't pay that kind of attention. Now, in that praying, God will get to teach you scripture. The teacher will come in. All the other eight will come in. We are talking to us. I've painted a scenario of real life change to us. I mean, I'm not ready for that. Not to just compound like that, I'm telling you. It takes time. Because at times, let's say you have someone that you can be proud and be destroyed by what will happen. In the process of you praying for those things, God will do some work in you that won't boo you. So that when you see the result, it will destroy you. I might talk it to us. But when you don't respond to God. And I will say that, you know, don't go. 
God can give you two scriptures. So just find a way of having a Bible reading time. I said meditating time. You just want to read. And the reading of the Bible helps you to accumulate general knowledge of scriptures. So it also helps meditation. So me, I encourage stick to your plan of reading to your Bible yearly. But separate it for meditation time. Do you get my point? After meditation, I just finish school and go to chew. That's all. We don't have the time. So let's all do the particular. God bless you. Do we have the time for the particular? Okay. John 13. The particular. John 13. The time is time, time is 19 seconds. Old. It's not mean I make you stay long. It's pass off me. The, the practical, because of time, I will just take us through it. Now, let's do it together slowly. We are going to do it together slowly. Eh? Now, this kind of practical, when you read this kind of place, yes, after you have read it, read four other versions, like Amplified. Are you with me? Eh? Like TPT. The partial translation, read it. Like the message, four other versions. Then, if you have a small paper, write it out slowly. Don't rush, don't rush. And I just just trust God that you know if you are not that story, I want something, I want to get something from I want you to show me something. I mean, maybe God is talking to you about something and then you just feel a point. Do it slowly. So when that's what verse 21 now, John 13. When Jesus I just said he was troubled. If you go back, you will see the reason why that happened. That he was troubled in the spirit. Not just it was troubled in the spirit. And testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. You need to understand why it could be talking like that because this is the inner thing. This is there is 70, there's the three, but there's the one that's John, then there's the three, John, James, and Peter, there's the 12 that are here, and then there's the 70, then the multitude altogether. So this one's he prayed. Before he chose them. So he was strong in the spirit. And then he said, one of you will betray me. Then, you know, people are like, uh, uh, oh, Jesus is too divine. You know, they're like, the disciples look at one another. Doubting of whom he spoke. Where are you? Hey, hey. Thomas, betray Do you get the point? Yeah, in this place, there will be a betrayer. So, they do not really believe that statement. Are you with me? They could not see somebody that would be this close to Jesus. They give him power. They go to that teams of two. You've seen things happen. I mean, that level of... They didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't believe that. See, don't forget that not only Judas betrayed Jesus, though. even Peter betrayed Jesus. He, just that he was restored. If <laughs> all of them betrayed him, actually. How do we know that? But Peter's own and Judas was spectacular. <laughs> you know? When the Peter, you are going to deny me. He's betrayer. Peter said, Ah, oh, I like to lie. Some of the lie. I shall not betray you. Ah, Kai. Long book. It is only Jesus' name. The disciple look at all that. So just, just, just picture Jesus seated. He was troubled. His countenance cannot be smiling, or something like that. And then, so somehow, the people look at one another. Ah, 
Imagine I'm one of the disciples. You are thinking, but no me. You look at the Bobo Yolishi You look at everybody. What you know about them by the flesh? You cannot find why somebody will be here and be pray. So I'm thinking, hey, this master Jesus don't come. Then, as he says, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. You know, John is a very powerful person. He's not like himself, oh, that's John. But this is the one. So that means that it means that, just for me carefully, now I'm doing it for us. Because I've done it before. And so I'm not sure what I've seen there. So in that place, leaning on Jesus' bosom. So, Jesus, so that person must be sitting beside Jesus. Are we together? So he's just sitting like this for him to be, be able to lean on the bosom. So he's right beside Jesus on one side. There's no be at the other part. We are not told who. So you can slot in somebody. If it's John, since their mother wanted them, James are just to be by his side, just slot in James. Now John is on the right hand, James on the left hand. So if I'm standing like this here, John is here, James is here. Abi now, we are visualizing Abi. And since I said their mother asked, maybe that's where they sit normally. But the mother say, okay. Let's go in the kingdom. Let's go ask for this seat. <laughs> then Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him, to the person on the bosom. Are we together? That you should ask who it should be or who may speak. That means who is going to be that person that will betray him. So Simon Peter must be seen to see that person. So Jesus is here. John is here. Peter is here. Is it making sense? Is it making sense? Now picture a dining table. That means you just don't sit like that little table. Not that the table that we have. That somebody will sit here. And the father will be here. Will be here. It's not that kind of dining table. That means you be a round table. It's that kind of dining table. Jesus is not sitting here. He's sitting somewhere. Where can be the middle? Where John can sit by side and Peter by side. I'm going to get to the point. And somebody will be on this side. So. Verse 25. He then lying on Jesus' breast. That means for... When Peter beckoned to him, he would have taken his head from, away from Jesus' bosom. That means that what Peter said to him is likely that others did not hear. It's likely that it's between, I'm going somewhere, between John and Peter. Here, yeah. you know, as three disciples were having access to secret, they staying Moses and Elijah together. I said, don't share with anybody. Only Peter, James, and John knew that Jesus was transfigured on that mount. He told them they should not tell anybody. Peter shared it again in First Peter after Jesus died until he's glorified. So they didn't share it. The others don't know anything. So when those people saw, when Peter saw the demons nobody death with any kind of a man, you guys understand where we are coming from. We are coming from an encounter. They will be so that this guy, you don't know anything. We saw that guy today. They will tell you go and gather together somewhere and say, Kai, this guy, they don't know this night, they don't know anything. Wow. You also just be like that. Elijah looks ferocious. Moses is so nice with the rod. <laughs> just trying to pick. Are you getting my point? So, you know, this is a nice movie now. This is a movie. Now, listen, because you're going to be benefited from it. And I said, Eli on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? See, if you read the scripture without meditating, you think the conversations, every, all the, you think that all the conversation is known to everybody. But we say that it's not known to everybody. See, you know, Jesus answered, he it is whom I shall give a sop. Now dip dipped his sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him that thou 
that thou do that thou dwellest too quickly. Now, no man at the book in what intent this unto him. You know, if you are reading before without meditating, you have to go back. If I read it slowly, we are, what is the meaning of this? Because when I first read those days, I thought it was an open conversation. Now, if Peter spoke to John, everybody had. Not just spoke to Jesus, everybody had. But when Jesus, the Bible saying here that now no man at the table, because when he, he gave it to Judas, everybody that Judas is the betrayer. So, but this man said that now no man at the table knew for what intent Jesus is. Are you? Next verse says that for some of them thought because Judas had the bag that Jesus had said unto him, buy those things that we might have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. That means that when Jesus spoke that Judas go and do what he wants to do, they were thinking of something else. They were not aware of conversion of Jesus and John. If you don't meditate, you won't see it all. You can read this for the next 30 years. Eight. I said, the Peter shows you. Are you with me? So, you know, says, now, so from there now, you know, realize that, wow, come on here. It even means that point that Jesus gave that soap. Only John and Jesus knew. Peter will have to know later because he's what I say. So, John was just, James and my brother, let's give it have a gist. Man, brother Judas, brother Judas, they are from the same place, so from the time of Judah. The two of them, the two from that tribe, the one that need the money, the trusted one. Brother Judas. Excuse myself. <laughs> so, it's like that only Peter, then James, by the course of their collabo, knew that it was Judas. At that point, that Jesus gave it to Sop. Only John knew. Now, a further thing can see a lot of revelation. But then you now start going deeper. Things like when he now went out, you know, Bible says that you know he then having received the soap, went immediately out, and it was night. Jesus that is loaded. Night about Jesus' life, then there are some other nights indicated by this scripture. Are we together? Loaded. Amen. I've just shown that even to get the right information from scriptures, if you don't meditate, you won't get it. You get my point? In those days when I read this place, I thought after Jesus spoke, when, when Peter spoke, everybody had. And when John now spoke, but very, very well, now find out that no, these are whispers. This is a conversation of collabo people. <laughs> this is like four and five, five and six people. Are we together? Close people. That not everybody at the table knew. This is what Jesus is saying about Judas. That he's a betrayer. Hallelujah. So, that is just like information out of meditation. Now, from there, can I come into deeper revelation? Deeper what? Deeper what? God will help us in Jesus' name. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? Why did we do this particular? We were trying to do scam activation yesterday. And I realized that if we do that activation yesterday, we are not going to really um, gain as we, should, we ought to gain. Are we together? So that I said we should do this today. Amen and amen and amen. Because meditation is the key to gift of the spirit, many areas of life, even character. You know, life of purity. Life of walking in faith. 
Meditation is from that I say you have goosebumps in any area of your life. You, you have goosebumps in everything. Meditation is powerful. In fact, that is the key to salvation of our souls. The word of God becoming incarnated by us. That means the word becoming flesh through our lives. This is the basic way. And it's the least taught in church. In fact, I was sitting there. I was saying, I'll tell Soji that Soji, please remind me. Let's put it in our foundational class. It won't just be a message for a Sunday. Everybody who's joining church must understand that in this church, meditation is important. It's not the most traditional class. And it should be there. It's part of what somebody should learn as a believer. Once you're born again, that's week, you should start engaging meditating on the Bible. In fact, all the engaging in scriptures should be there. We should not take that. Meditation is everything, you know, so that you just start every day to give the pressure for meditation. Imagine all of us have meditated like this, you're born again. We can never, we can, someone will be here. It can change every area of our lives forever. Did you get this? If you are blessed, shout amen. Any question? Just two. No question. It's four o'clock. I'm not expecting the night. I want to go and sleep. Maybe I will have a dream. Sorry, is anybody very Sarah in this place? I'm just asking. Anybody with the name Sarah? Your middle name, one of your name is Sarah. Anybody like that? Anybody? 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 Nobody? Okay, we say ask. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.